Thanks, everybody, for tuning in the short thing today. It is August 30th. Warren and Ryan here with you. The summer months have flown by. I know we keep saying this, but they really have flown by. Today, we will talk a little NFL, some college football out there. Uh, more. I want to talk some more J.R. Smith. I meant to talk about this on on uh, Thursday before the craze. People started talking about him on Friday, but I want to talk some more uh, J.R. Smith uh, as well. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the iHeartRadio podcast app. We'll be back Thursday. Full slate of, full slate of games. I've already got some... Uh, we've got... I've already took a look at the card. I've got... 12, 12 to 15, I like. Got to, I got to narrow that down uh, for week one. But the uh, the football ball is back. How's it going, Ryan? It's going great. Yeah, we had a great week. Great start to the college season. Um, had a, I mean, this weekend was sneaky. Like a lot of a, a big time sports weekend. I feel like uh, you know, obviously with week zero. Um, lots of playoff baseball implications going on, obviously wrapping up preseason, taking one last look at guys, all that good stuff, but sneaky, kind of a, a busy sports weekend we, you know, we were supposed to have a little F1, the rain rained that out, the rain, well, rained no, that it didn't out. rain it out. They, well, they did two, two laps behind a safety car. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and then obviously, you know, the Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley fight. Um, the BMW championship ended up being big time. So sneaky, like a lot, like big time, stay in, stay out of the heat and watch sports weekend. Yes, no, it was. We could talk some uh, golf too, a little later. Cause uh, I don't know if you saw, but Bryson, I got some takes on, I got more Bryson takes. I think <laughs> we can, we, we never run out of those. Nick, no, never we have never run many. out of those. We, 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 we never run out of Bryson takes. Um, but so we'll get to that, uh, a little, uh, later on, but, uh, I have, uh, I have good news to report. Do you happen to know what the good news is? Um, no. Wow. The Popeye's chicken nuggets. Oh, <laughs> you know what? When did I have them? I had them last week at some time. I, I was coming home from baseball. It was like nine o'clock. I was like, I don't feel like making anything, you know, healthy. When I get home, I just literally want to just sit down and eat food. And that's exactly what I did. When I got some Popeye's chicken nuggets. They're pretty good. I told you. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, I'm not denying. Look, I mean, going in, I thought that they were going to be good. It, it, mean, it was going to be hard to screw them up. Yes. I, yes. I mean, you literally just, you could literally just chop up the chicken tenders and say here and, and, and these are our chicken nuggets. And I don't think people would be like, they might say, hey, look at how, look at this. It just chopped up chicken tenders, but they're still going to be very good. I don't know. The, the the Popeye's chicken tenders sometimes are a little like thin and stringy for me. They get a little, uh, I don't know if it's dry, but they just get a little where these, these are just like, you know, uh, you can tell, you can tell the difference in chicken. This is definitely like chicken breast tenderloins or whatever. And the chicken tenders are uh, are a different cut of chicken, I think. Yeah, but they're still very, very good. Yeah, no doubt. They're uh, very good. So we got that out of the way. Did you um, go with the uh, blackened ranch? Yeah, it's good. Right. It's good. Yeah, I, 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 any, so I messed up the last time I went and bought ranch from the store. I got, uh, at Trader Joe's, they only have organic ranch. Mm -hmm. And then when I bought the ranch, I guess I just missed the organic on the front of the label. I wasn't really paying attention and organic ranch is bad. So really any ranch is a step up from the Trader Joe's organic ranch. I mean, the black and ranch is very, very good, but anything branch wise that I've had going now that I won't buy that is, is going to be an upgrade. Yeah, because no the organic is not uh, Hidden Valley's where it's at, though. You got to get that. No, I don't know. You need to check out Lighthouse Ranch. That stuff's pretty good, okay. too. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's not well, as bold. It's not as bold as Hidden Valley. Okay. Sometimes, you know, like Hidden Valley is good on some stuff, but other stuff sometimes it's like, man, that's that's just like a lot of ranch flavor right in my mouth. Lighthouse Ranch, not bad. Um, I think the one I get, I get the reduced one from on Hidden Valley, I think. Yeah, that's the one I get. Um, But clearly the best ranch around is the uh wing stop ranch if they if they want to make more money they should just bottle that up and sell that yeah you, you know agree? you're gonna get a you're gonna get a little pushback but okay the 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 wing stop ranch is top notch if we're putting it in tiers it probably will be in that top tier 
but uh, the Pluckers Ranch is just so good. I don't even know if they make their own. I don't know where they find it, but it's just like <laughs> it's a perfect consistency for wing. It's not too much, like I said, like that ranch flavor where you still get the ranch, you know, or excuse me, still get the wing in there. But uh, Wingstop, Wingstop's Ranch is right in that top tier as well. So I'll, I will agree with you there. I'm not knocking Pluckers. I like Pluckers. I think the last time I was at Pluckers when we went there to watch the Final Four. Hey, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was a, that was a, like 2019 Final Four. Yeah, it had to have been. I don't, maybe even before that it was part. Was that the time Parker was with us? Yeah, that was when we went. No, to play. no, that was. It was after that. It was okay. after that. This was the Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, Auburn. Whoever was the fourth team in the final four that year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's been a while. Um, yeah. That's the last time I went there and I like pluckers. It's just, mm. I, I don't know why I haven't been back there more. Well, often. the one by you over on Beltline, like that one is always like packed. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta get on the list, like an hour ahead. If you even want to think about eating any at a reasonable time. So that one, so that I can't blame you, but, uh, price is getting a little steep over there at pluckers. Cause of the it? chicken wing, chicken wing shortage. Um, well, also where the one is by me on Beltline, the parking lot is just a disaster. The huge disaster. Yeah. So, you're gonna, you're, you're, you got to walk in and earn your wings there. Yeah. You got to earn, you got to earn your, you got to earn the wings. That is, uh, that is for sure. There. All right. We'll start off with a little, uh, college football as we got underway week one. I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure I went back and listened. I'm pretty sure we went undefeated as a show. You went undefeated, right? I did go undefeated. Yes. Yeah. You went. You went six and zero. I went two and zero, and then my teaser hit. What a! Now is this a good sign for the season to start or a bad sign? Probably really bad. <laughs> well, yeah, they, I, you had six games, and they were yeah. all there was one specific strategy, no sides. So yeah. that strategy could be getting. You're going to have to change on the fly. Me, I think I two and zero. I'll take it. A couple sides here and there, and I, the the thing about me that I like is that I saw Illinois on Sunday and Monday and liked it so much. I gave it out early and that never, it never really was in doubt. I, well, first half maybe, but that was a dominating performance. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the best thing for myself in that game, which it wouldn't have mattered anyway, but everyone was bitching and complaining about the missed extra points for the under. I had it at 55 and a half and it ended up being bought down by the end, you know, but from Thursday to Saturday, yes. So you know, it, the under still hit, but your boy still had some cushion. Because uh, when I saw everyone complaining about it online, I was like, what are they talking about? Like, See, because when I saw the field goal, I thought it was a field goal to make it 25 to 30. And that's why I was like, okay, I get it. But then I went back and looked, and it was an extra point miss. He would missed an extra point previously. And then I saw that the uh, total that everyone had got it at was 52.5, or that everyone claimed they got it at was 52.5. And, and I was like, ah, oh, I still have plenty of cushion. Well, I think the Nebraska kicker missed two extra points in that game, too. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. He missed two. Like, everyone was complaining about the one at the end, but he missed one in the first in the first quarter. And I think he was like, he, I think he'd only missed two all season or missed one all season last year. He was like uh, the Big Ten kicker of the year, and then he comes out and just, it's kind of a microcosm of, of Nebraska's uh, run here of uh, under the Scott Frost era. Yes, for sure. And then Illinois winning with the backup quarterback that transferred in from Rutgers. Um, I did say, I did see people say that Rutgers should get a half a win because he came from Rutgers. <laughs> and if you're supplying another power five program with a quarterback that plays three fourths of the game after the starter breaks his collarbone, uh, you should get a half a win. And I, you know what, for Rutgers, I don't, uh, uh, uh I don't disagree. Especially those of us that have them, uh, over win to team total, uh, win total. So yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll go ahead and chalk that up for half a win for Rutgers. Yes, uh, but that game was the marquee game. It was supposed to be played in Ireland. That's why it was early. It was fine. It was very poetic. I thought poetic justice that Illinois-Nebraska had the first points of the game be a safety, so that was pretty good. And then the other games, look, UCLA just steam, steamrolled Hawaii. That game was over uh, in the very first early. Huh? In the first quarter, for sure. And then the night games... No really chances, but it was a nice, good at the beak appetizer for this, uh, for starting Thursday. There's like 10 games, 12 games Thursday. There's a game Wednesday night, but it was good to 
see some football that mattered. Yeah, no, it was. Like you said, it was a perfect, it wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. We got, you know, there was, what was there, like five games? Uh, and, you know, none of them were particularly close. The closest one was that Illinois at Nebraska game. And it never really felt like it was super, super close to, to me anyway. Um, but uh, great way to just, like you said, dip the toe in, get you, get you started a little bit. And now we're off, ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. And there are some good games on Thursday. The Big Ten, I think the Big Ten has done something pretty smart here by starting off with the conference games at least in week one to get the eyeballs on there. I know they would used to just do one of them, like Ohio State would go play at Indiana or whatever, but the whole conference is starting off with the conference game. And I don't, uh, I think that's a good move. I, I like that. Get some big matchups so you can get some other, not other non-conference matchups after that are still big. But uh, uh, I like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, it was odd. <clears throat> See when, when the, when you first kind of look at the week zero matchup, uh, you know, you see, oh, Illinois, Nebraska out the gates, you know, Big Ten game week zero. You don't, you never see that. And then you see that, you know, they're kind of following up with it. Like I said, Ohio State, Minnesota. There's a couple other Big Ten matchups there. And uh, so you like to see them off and running to start off with rather than all these playing all these directional schools that, uh, you know, don't really get get have a shot at, at winning. That the SEC plays in November when no one really wants to watch them play and they really bog down. They water down the college football schedule. Precisely. Yes. Okay. So uh, we'll talk more about the opening slate on uh, Thursdays. We'll give our picks out for the week, but we're hot. We're hot. We're a hot week one. So that is a, a good thing right there. All right. Preseason. It wraps up. I'd say it's a good thing. The preseason was over. Not that many big names got hurt in preseason minus J.K. Dobbins in the last game. Really, if you're the Ravens, I don't understand why you're playing him, especially when you look at the running back depth they have. But, um, but uh, I mean, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But n- most of the big names, I feel like, skirted injury this year minus Dobbins. Yeah, I know. And it stinks that it was, like you said, like the last game, um, last game of the preseason. <clears throat> he probably wasn't going to be in there much longer. And, uh, you know, he's done for the season. He was primed for for hope. You know, you're hoping a big breakout year with uh, Mark Ingram, you know, shipping out, leaving town. Gus Edwards was probably going to be the backup. And you're looking for J.K. Dobbins to have a big year coming coming out as the, as the primary ball carrier. And then he, like you said, tears his ACL. He's done. Um, but I, th- I think – Especially now, I mean, you we've seen this, I feel like, the last three or five years, if not more than that, that I don't know about you, but, you know, early 2000s, you know, even into like the, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012 era, more starters played in the preseason a little bit more. And now I feel like it's like one drive and you're out, which I feel like, you know, that I don't know if it's really getting things going. Then obviously taking out the preseason, one of the preseason games, you don't have the quote unquote dress rehearsal in week three. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so guys not playing a whole lot. Some guys not even playing at all uh, starters. Uh, you know, you were really able to, uh, to avoid the injury bug there, which is what everyone really wants, especially now that they're adding that 17th game and you, you're really got to look at longevity and who's going to be there. Who's going to be around at the end of the season, week 10 and on. Well, it's also, they used to just like, Hey, you're going to play in three preseason games. Pretty much you're playing. It's a buildup to that third game where they would play into like the third quarter. And then now, as you said, I think guys know that they don't really need to, um, they don't need to play. And, and some guys want to play like Brady wants to play to get some timing, right? Baker wanted to play last night. He got his timing. And I don't think it's bad if the quarterback plays, even if it's just like a series or two, just to get some game, like just a crispness outside of a practice or whatever. But like, I would have not played any starting running back, running back, any of my top two receivers. I would, I, there's no, there, why are you going to even risk that? You're just setting yourself up then behind the eight ball for the season. If they get, if they get hurt week one, fine, so be it. But I'd rather them play in week one than not even make it to week one. Oh, a hundred percent. No. Yeah. I think everybody would agree with that. And I think that's what coaches are seeing now. They're more risk averse. Um, when they, uh, when they go into the preseason, I'm like, hey, we're we're not going to try and we're not doing this. And, and we're going to set up a practice plan that um, 
gets us set up for game one of the regular season and gets us through the season through training camp rather than have guys play, have our starters play in training camp. Like, I feel like if Dak was, sounds like he's fully healthy, but he would have played for like a series against the Jags or he would have played for a series in game three or two series, depending what it was, if they wanted him out there. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, we're on the, we're on the same page on that, but the preseason is done. It is. I was uh, reading Peter King this morning. 836 guys are getting cut when the cutdown days uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m. They're going to get released. And then with the expanded um, practice squad to 16 again, which is another good thing that they kept, 536 of those guys will then be reclaimed. So that's 300 plus players was out there that is it still is pretty staggering how many guys i know it's a lot but it is uh still pretty staggering when you read those numbers and you see these guys laying it out there in the in the fourth quarter of the preseason games and they thinking that damn i'm probably hopefully this is my last time here right yeah um but uh now it's pretty uh pretty staggering out there and then we're a week away we'll have to see what uh I don't really know what NFL storylines there are. Deshaun Watson's getting the trade rumors or the trade rumors. Um, the Dolphins could be in the lead charge, but things kind of still, as we get in the preseason, are uh, winding uh, winding down. Yeah, like I said, not a whole lot of outside storylines, which I think is is good for the game. Probably bad for the NFL wanting you know a little little publicity, but they can never you know they're they're not going to run any, out of run out of that anytime soon. But yeah, I think Deshaun Watson's probably the biggest thing. You know, um, I just saw I, I didn't read the actual article, but I just saw a little headline that said Deshaun Watson won't waive his no trade clause to go to Philadelphia. So, um, you know, that might be, you know, that was that was where he was being talked about possibly going, as you just mentioned, um, Miami being in on it is is wild to me. Like, are you really are they really, you know, that's got to tell you everything you need to know about Tua, wouldn't you say? Like, they're just really they're ready to give up on him that quick, uh, you know, especially after getting rid of Josh Rosen to bring him in and then the whole, you know, the whole deal. It's, uh, it's, it's quite fascinating that Miami's already trying to get in on Deshaun Watson. And, and that's a team too, that I don't feel like is like, they're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be pressing for the conference or excuse me for the division title in that, in that division. I mean, I still think it's the bills. We got to see what the Patriots are, you know, after spending all that money in free agency and getting guys, a lot of, a lot of guys back that opted out last season. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're a team that was closer to win now mode, I think that would make more sense if you're the dolphins to try to go after Deshaun, but, uh, the price that they're asking for the, the Texans, I saw it was three firsts and two seconds. That's a hefty, hefty price for that guy. Yeah. Well, the dolphins won 11 games last year, 10 games last year. So couldn't you say that? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. No, that's when... a good point. I mean, wild card, they still, is still option, you know, there's still an option there with the wild card. Yeah. And you win 10 games. I think you're trying to be in win now mode anyways you brian flores has caught came in he's tried to build the defense up trying to set it there and i mean two i think is going to take a step forward this year um but but yeah if you if you could get Deshaun watson i think everybody would say he's a top five quarterback in the league why would you not why would you not try and do that it's yeah. not about saying what you have in Tua. you're just saying hey we're getting a proven a proven guy in the league it's it comes down to the baseball thing of are you want to trade prospects to hope that they could get to this guy, or do you want the proven player? No, I agree. I mean, and, and you know, if when you get it, when you get a young quarterback in the top of the top of the draft, he has to come in and win right away, or he's not any good. If we remember our conversation from Thursday, right? Part and what was that again? Sorry. If you when you get a young quarterback at the top of the draft, he has to come in and be good right away, or he won't be any good ever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you <laughs> want him to be good right away. You want him to be good right away. You want to see him to be good right away. I didn't say forever. <laughs> um, I'm just saying your expectations for Trevor Lawrence is you are so low, and I don't get that. No, 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 no. I the expectations for the team are low for him. I think. I mean, yesterday, you know, I'm sure we'll probably get to it, but yesterday's game against he's great. He's really, really good, really good. I mean, I know that was his probably the best he's been. I know there weren't a ton of starters out there, but just still some of the passes he's making, some of the throws he's making, some of the decision-making and how quick he's able to get rid of the ball when he's made his decision. It looked really, really good. It looked really crisp. And that was, you know, by far the best he, he had looked uh, the entire preseason. Um, And you said not many, or there were, I think four cow or four Cowboy starters that played yesterday. So yeah. it was 
the scrubs galore. I'll tell I, you what, though, man. Jabril Cox, I think I think Jalen Smith's getting sh- shipped out of town, and Jabril Cox is going to be able to fill that role just fine. Well, shipped out of – he might – I don't know if he's getting shipped out of town, but he could definitely be inactive on, on game days. I think that's going to be a real thing there. Um, my, I'll tell you, everybody is loving um, Micah Parsons. I'm not saying I disagree with him, but he is – all these like national guys that go down there and they have like, Oh guys that, um, uh, like who impressed or whatever. Micah Parsons is at the top of the list. Yeah. Um, for him. So he's, and you can move him around, but yeah. Jab- the thing about Jabril Cox though, is it's also, these guys are playing like he's played the, f- every preseason game. The first one was pretty much against second and third. Like he's playing against second and third stringers. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but, the competition he's doing it up against is not top of the NFL type of competition. He's not doing it against ones. And I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but it's you could see flashes where he's going to be good. But then you're like, okay, he's going against third and second and third and four stringers. It's right. Tough. No, 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 no. I agree. And see, that's, you know, we've, we've had this conversation a couple of times when it comes to preseason, you're not looking for who guys are going against, but more so what they're showing themselves. And yeah, you know, you can beat these second and third teams. I mean, he was a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. So it's not like he was a guy that was, Drafting in the first couple rounds, you know, one or two. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that's, you could say, developmental a little bit. I think he slid more so than he should have. I wanted Washington to scoop him up um, when, but, you know, when they had the sh- chance, but they didn't. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, you, you just want to look for some instincts, some, 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 like I said, personal stuff that that guy can do that looks like he'll be able to, you know, he definitely, he's going to be a part of the 53. And he looks like he's going to be in that rotation, like I said, and he might even be the uh, replacement for Jalen Smith if they aren't able to, uh, to move him because of that contract. And so if he isn't active, you know, I think Micah Parsons, if it's LVE and, and, and Jabril Cox, I think the Cowboys are going to be in great shape with that linebacker core well, right there. I, they're also using Keanu Neal as a linebacker. Like he's listed as a linebacker. Oh, really? So, yeah, like a hybrid type of deal. So that's that throws another wrench into the into the defense that he's not going to play a safety. But I mean, he's probably will play some safety at the time. But he's also like a he can be a um, a combo, or he's listed as a linebacker, which I think is weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really have anything else more on the NFL unless you. No, no, that's that's all I I had as well. Had my first fantasy draft yesterday, um, and it was it. Let's there look. There's no other way to say it, and I know how I'm going to sound and how I'm going to come off. But when we start getting wives involved, <laughs> it's just like I would like the heads up before I sign up. That's all. <laughs> I'll I'll just give you two examples. Patrick Mahomes was the fourth overall pick. And I'll give you a guess of who the second tight end off the board was, because Travis Kelsey was the first tight end. Who do you think was the second tight end off the board in the second round? Probably like Dalton Schultz or something. Close. Blake Robert Darwin. Robert Tunyon. <laughs> Bobby Tunyon? I like Bobby <laughs> Tunyon. I was just like, are you like, what are we doing here? And uh, it was, like I said, I understand how I'm going to come off one of the leagues that the, one of the, the big money league that we're in uh, one of the wives was involved. She might even still be, I can't remember. And she's actually won it before. And she's, she knows her shit. Like I, that her, like I, I get it. But when you see that, it's just like, what, what are we doing here? Like, why am I, why am I doing this? So uh, I did not have my fantasy draft last night, but there was a fantasy draft being uh, taken place in the uh, in the apartment last night that I was Oof. helping with. Huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> do. OK, what is your stance on the guy that will just let the clock run all the way down? The worst. Kick him out of the league. Kick him <laughs> off the tour, Doug. Are you, is it not wasting everybody's time? Yes. If you know who you're going to take, take. Like if you're actually like, looking and like trying because like there's a couple times where you're like okay i had like yesterday there was uh, one round i had trey sermon queued up ready to go i was like okay nobody's gonna take him the guy right in front of me takes him i was like oh shit so i had to pivot and so i was like all right well you know going back and forth between two guys and so the closest the clock got down to is like maybe 25 or 20 seconds and then i made my selection but the guy there because there was one guy and i was like oh maybe he's auto drafting it'd be like three 
two, one, boom, made a selection. And it wasn't the top rated guy. So I'm like, what? Uh, no, yeah, no, I hate that guy. Well, this brought up uh, eyebrows raised out here when the clock ran out and it went auto draft selection. And then the person comes out and is like, oh, yeah, I wanted them the whole time. And I was like, well, why don't you just take them within like the first 10 seconds? You're wasting everybody. And the minutes were t- two minutes per, per pick. Oh, two. No like way. So the draft took two and a half. The draft took two hours. It's ridiculous. It was it was ridiculous. It took two hours. I was like, you're wasting everybody's time here. Um, and it was a 14 team league. They got 14 teams. Jimmy um, Christmas. So things were deep there. Yeah. Um, no, that. And then, um, what was, uh, we did, I, no one wants to hear about the fantasy team, but I will say, I think, I think, uh, we did go out on a little bit of a limb with the fourth pick. Who do you think we took at number Nick four? Chubb PPR league, Nick Chubb. Nope. Travis Kelsey. Okay. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. No, but I don't I, hate but... it either. That was graded a C minus by, yeah. uh, but, uh, look, I, I will if you want a little fancy football thing. Alvin Kamara, I'm not sold on him this year, especially with James starting, because I think Taysom Hill is going to steal a lot of touchdowns out of him. At the goal line, I think he's stealing touchdowns, and I don't want to do that. Derrick Henry is very, very good, but guess what? He doesn't really get motoring until November. I need need those points in September and October. Um, The only other one I would think about was Eckler. I like Austin Eckler this year. I think he's going to catch a lot of the backfield, but... Other than that, oh, Saquon was also on the list, but we got burned by him on uh, injury last year, so we were out on him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, um, I, Kamara, I'm, I, I just, I, for fantasy purposes, I think I'm very nervous for him. Because you think about it, just think about the Saints offense last year with Drew Brees. If nothing's there, he's dumping out of the backfield. With Jameis, if there's nothing there, he's going to try to throw it as far as he possibly can to the guy that's downfield to see if he can force it. I don't, I don't see, I don't see him doing the check down too often. Yes. So this was funny that so on Friday, I uh, caddied for some of the people that they work with at Morgan Stanley. And one of the guys was in the fantasy football league. And I was like, oh, yeah, I helped uh, with uh, her drafting last year. (laughs) And he goes, I knew some of those picks that she wasn't going to pick them. One of them was J.K. Dobbins. Uh So I think yesterday in one of the rounds, I took early like terrence marshall from carolina mm-hmm. and in the comments or he texted her, he goes tell warren good pick there <laughs> <laughs> and then he had some guys that he took that i wanted and i was like tell him that's who that's who we that's who warren wanted or that's who he was looking at so it was yeah. a pretty uh that was a funny uh that was pretty funny going on yeah um but uh yeah no our our draft if you want to not i don't want to get into specifics but the group, every fantasy league has a group chat, but ours is kind of pretty, pretty tame, I would say. Yeah. Cause it's got guys that don't, they're guys, most of the guys, I would say most of the guys are friends with each other, right? Correct. Yeah. And then there's me that's been brought in and a couple of people that have been brought in, but, uh, never seen such negativity when someone said we need to vote on a draft team and everybody <laughs> literally goes in on the guy and saying what they did what they have things they have done in the draft that they have still done. Uh, and I feel bad that I, I corrected you, but I corrected you, um, to make my point better, to make your point better. But I also texted you separately because I didn't want to be the guy <laughs> and just throw you under the bus in the, in the group. Cause I feel like you would have got way more flack if I would have done that in the group. No, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, so yeah, this guy was complaining. Said, "Hey, we need a vote because I've gotten screwed the last three times. Of uh, I, I've been screwed the last three times that we've that we've done this this draft." And people were going in, as Warren said. One guy was like, "Yeah, I've drafted from a Dove Field the last two seasons." Yada yada. Um, but it was kind of funny. And uh, so the guy that was originally create that you know was was pissed about the whole thing. Uh, I guess his whole thing is he has to go to Malaysia for work, which sick flex, bro. Like we get it. Cool. You travel for work. Um, and, uh, then he finally said, I'll quit bitching and draft while working. Just want to vote next year. That's all. (laughs) And the guy, there's one guy, Jeremy, I know you guys really don't care about this, but it's funny. Uh, he's kind of the, he's kind of the potster. He gets guys going and he says, okay, let's do the vote right now. All in favor for drafting when Matt is available you know, say, 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 Hey, you know, that's you, that's who you want, or that's, you know, vote now, which I thought was hilarious. So I said in there, I was like, Hey, I drafted for my honeymoon. 
But whenever Matt's available, it works for me. And then that's when Warren texted me and was like, didn't you draft on your wedding day? And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I was drafting on my wedding day, like an hour and a half or two hours before my buddy Parker and I we were sitting at a Hooters before my wedding, grabbing some lunch while I was drafting. And so I, uh, I bumped back in the group chat. I was like, see, Warren just reminded me I was actually drafting on my wedding day. So, uh, you know, whenever, whenever is good for you, Matt, we'll, uh, We'll uh we'll 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 draft, but it was it was really funny. Like like uh, Warren said, we we really don't go in on each other a whole lot. The biggest issues are just a when's the draft gonna be? B the commissioner saying give your get your money and it's a keeper league, get your keepers in. And then the last one is where are we watching the Super Bowl? Because they always like to have a Super Bowl party together, and normally that's uh you know is obviously obviously towards the end of the year. But uh, fantasy football is a, around the corner. I'm sure everyone's getting ready. I've I've way overdid it this year with leagues. I finally said no to somebody because uh, this happens to me every single year. I always jump in a random league. I don't know about you, Warren. I always jump in a random league. Like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then when it comes around the next year, I'm like, oh yeah, that league's not coming back. That was just a random one off. So when somebody asks me, hey, do you want to get in this league? I'll say yeah. And then sure enough, what happens? Boom, the league that I thought wasn't going to happen ends up happening. And so now I'm stuck. And that's happened like three or four times to me now. So the amount of leagues that I'm in is just, it's borderline embarrassing and I'm trying to figure out how to, how to taper off. But most of them I've been in now for a couple of years. So it's like, how do you do that? Um, you really can't because of what's happened to me where, where I say no. And then, and then all of a sudden, Hey, you're, you're locked back into this league again. So tough look for your boy, but you know, we'll, we'll power through as we always do. I'm i uh, I'm turning into a one league guy. I'll say it. You know, that's that's a that's a life I one day dream to live. But for now, it's uh, it's tough in the streets. Maybe, too. I will say I was always multiple big multiple leagues guy. And there's just I I don't want to sound like that, but I just really don't care that much about fantasy football. Like, I don't. I I mean I'll do the league I'll I'll pay attention to it I probably won't pay attention to it as, uh, enough as I do to succeed or whatever but I just I don't know I'll, I like DFS a little bit more I obviously love betting it betting the NFL and props and everything but I something about fantasy I don't know I just that just hasn't done it for me the last couple of years and not saying that I I mean I'm still doing it but I I don't know I've just had a falling out with fantasy football. Like I, I mean, I, this is contradictory, which is hilarious, but I'm like, love fantasy baseball. And I want to do that every year. I just think that's something over the summer that keeps me piques my interest. And it's the grind of 162 or try to get a team or whatever. I don't know. I just the, for fantasy football, I don't know. I've just had a falling out. Maybe it's probably because of DFS and, and the gambling and stuff. I just, why do I want to just, Oh, I need this guy to win for me. I have this. It's just, Oh, I'm playing this guy in that league. This guy's on my team. What do I want? Like, it's just too much of that. That, And I know you rank the leagues, like your favorite team or which one means more, which like you rank your kids. But <laughs> I don't know. It's just a little falling out, I guess. I don't know. No, yeah, I get it. I see. I, that's how I feel about DFS. Like, I, I just I just can't. There's like no emotional investment. And I guess that's the part I like. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Um, and for me, I guess the DFS stuff is just you could put different lineups in. You could do head to head. Hey, you know what? I had a bad week. This I had a bad feel week this week or whatever. But I'm gonna. I just think this, I've got convictions, and I'm gonna do them this week. And you're you could be rewarded on a week to week basis rather than over a season. Or if your convictions are wrong, fine. Another guy could help you out. I I don't know. Just a different type of thing. Yeah. Um. But all right. Well. Uh. Maybe we'll give some. Uh, after the draft, we'll give a couple sleepers or guys we think to keep an eye out on uh, this year. Let's get into a little golf talk here, and then we'll get into JR. And if you want to talk, even though they didn't do an F1 race, we could talk a little bit about that because it was pretty crazy. Um, but uh, golf yesterday, BMW Championship, another playoff. I think that's the fifth straight event, fifth or sixth straight event that has gone to a playoff. And this one was the two biggest names uh, going two of the biggest names going head to head, both top six, seven golfers in the world, Patrick Cantley and Bryson. They were tied on Sunday, going into Sunday, and it took them 25 holes for a winner. Cantley ends up winning after Bryson misses a birdie putt. Bryson makes an incredible turnaround after he hits it in the water on one of the playoff holes, I think the fifth playoff hole, and makes par, gets up and down and makes par to extend it. 
And then the fifth hole, when they both on the par three had a Bryson hits it to like eight feet. Canley hits it to like three feet. Incredible theater. And things were pretty spicy between the two of them when on the 14th hole, I think it was, or 15th hole or 12th hole. I don't know. One of the par fives, Canley was behind Bryson. Because Bryson, we all talk about his driving and like it's, that's what you want to see. But his driving of the golf ball yesterday was fantastic. Like it was, everything was clicking. Carrying at 330 in the fairway most pretty much all the time or if it was it was in the first cut of rough like didn't hit really any bad drives like he was flushing the driver it was mesmerizing to see but Cantley's walking up and Bryson's over a shot and he says can you please stop walking Patrick and then things just went it was icy between the two and the the handshake the congratulatory handshake afterwards it was pretty much like Name your college basketball coach after they lose and they don't like the other coach. It's pretty much just a walk past. I think Patrick just said thank you. Mike Bryson might have said congrats or whatever, but it was a, it was icy, but great, great theater for golf yesterday. Yeah. See, the thing about the Bryson, uh, hey, can you stop walking? It wasn't even can you please stop walking. It was Patrick, can you stop walking? And then he yeah. didn't. He ended up hitting a bad shot after that, didn't he? It wasn't even like a good clean shot. He had to like forty feet, and he 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 was he set it in the air to be good. Yeah, and it came up like forty feet short. So uh, yeah, like you said, after that, uh, you know, again a mental mental little breakdown, I think, from Bryson there. Uh, like you said, his driving was spectacular. Like he was putting on a show, but then when it came down to it, I mean, he missed a couple putts. Luckily for him. Cantley puts it in the drink once and uh, ends up, you know, I think he still makes par after he does that where he, he came made up, bogey. We made bogey where it, he hits it hit in the in the you know rough or fringe right up right right to the right of the pin and then rolls in. Uh, so he bogeyed that, but um, you know, again, like you said, the 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 driving was spectacular. The putting this really what broke down for Bryson, and that ended up being his undoing when he could have hit a birdie putt to win it and misses it and gives Cantley the win, which you know. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. You really hate to see that happen to Bryson, uh, but uh, it was it was it was exciting stuff. People were enthralled. People were were captivated by it. And like you said, two of the hotter names, two of the hotter guys, uh, meaning their golf game. Uh, although Cantley, you know, not too bad. We've all seen the the picture of him going around with the uh, with the ladies kicking back. Um, you know, like I said, great for great for golf and uh, and, and a fun little tournament to uh, to wrap or great little playoff. You know, day of Sunday uh, to wrap up the tournament. Yeah, well, Bryson, too, then when Canley hit in the water, he, like, chunked a chip or has the yips on his chipping and made bogey and pretty much gave it away. I, You know, I've railed on Paul Azinger a ton. I think he's a I think he's the worst lead golf announcer there is. Um, and my dad texted me. He goes, because I was, I just tuned him out or whatever. And he was just like, did you hear that Bryson said, he asked, Azinger said on the broadcast, what does Bryson do need to do to win he's pretty much done everything but he hasn't won and it's like hello have you just seen him lip out like four birdie putts in a row to win the tournament i don't know maybe make one of those that's something it's pretty clear that his putting has let him down today um so hello it's right in front of you he hasn't really done everything to win yeah ball striking he's almost done everything to win but okay here's the thing about bryson so kevin van volkenberg he's an espn senior writer i think he used to write for golf.com or whatever he, this is where the Bryson, the Bryson take is going along. So it seemed like Bryson had a lot of support out there. And then there were a couple of Brooksies thrown in. Well, someone after when Bryson lost, yelled, yelled, great job, Brooksie. And pretty much Bryson told the guy, you know, he said, you know what, get the fuck out. Found a police guy and told him to escort it off. And he was pretty mad. And... I'm going to say that you're on the side of the, hey, let's go Brooksy or whatever. But in the age where we all are talking about athletes and mental health, isn't this like one of the questions? Isn't this one of the things of, hey, you know what? Maybe the guy, it obviously gets under his skin. We've known that for a while. But after he just won, there's a time and place for everything and everything. Like, let's just maybe not rib the guy there. And I'm not saying I'm a Bryson defender but it, it i think the brooksy stuff i think it's corny of, huh i think it's corny now it's it's i was gonna say it's worn its 
it's 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 worn out. It's yeah. time and place for everything, and it had its run, and it's over. And if you're yelling it, you're just you're just doing it because you think you're funny when it's really not funny anymore. But it's like, hey, maybe just like it is still as golf, and we want to have fun, and we want to see the beast between Bryson and Brooks or whatever. But let's just maybe chill out a little bit. I guess I don't know. No, I think the Brooksy thing is played out. It's corny now. Like you said, it it, it had its good run. Uh, you know, maybe if something else comes up now about it or something similar, then, you know, you start the new wave, but the, the, uh, the, uh, the, Hey, Brooksy, like you said, and like I said, time and a place, if it's, you know, Saturday or Sunday and the guy's kind of out of the chase and you want to do it on a drive, you know, off the tee box or something like that, you know, fine, whatever the look, I don't mean to generalize, but the more and more golf that I'm playing the more and more golf guy I don't like, like, the, you know, you know, you know, the golf guy I'm talking about, like, you're not the golf guy that I'm talking about, but like the guy that wears golf gear 24 seven, the guy that's, you know, everything he does is based around golf. He's talking about his golf handicap 24 seven. And it's just like, and those are the guys I feel like are doing it. And, you know, the guys that are going out there shooting 110, but talking about course etiquette and things like that. It's like, buddy, okay, we get it. Like you golf awesome but so so that that i think my we, we want to talk about uh to mental health my deep-seated issues with golf guy probably stem from that so that's why i think this guy sucks and i'm talking about the guy that's saying hey brooksy or you know congrats brooksy or way to go brooksy whatever but i don't i think that i think you have it wrong on the guy that's saying let's go brooksy you think it's you think it's the opposite totally it's like the it's the golfing bros that the golf are yelling, bro that's yeah. go, it's the it, it comes it comes down to the it's the part of my take golfer i don't mean to single them out but it's it's the part of my take golfer that that's going out there that's yelling that's going out to the golf tournament and they're having a good time just getting just blasted um and they're yelling hey let's go brooksy because we think uh pmt might tweet it out or something i think i think that's where it comes from i don't and i that that's where i think it is yeah, that's I mean that's a good point. I think I think, but see there. I think there's also a Venn diagram of the of the two guys we're talking about where there's an intersection in the middle. Uh, there probably is, but yeah. But I think at it's, first it, it, it's more so that the bro golfer. Yeah, I think so. I think it's the okay. guy that's going out with his buddies and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to take a video of me running you over with a golf cart because it's really funny and it's going to go viral." Yeah, I think it's I think it's that guy that's leading the charge on the brook. I'm not saying your per your guy's not in there. Mm. Um, but I think it's more leading that guy. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, like, I, I don't disagree with that totally. Um, but, and I just, and a lot of the things about Bryson, as I've said a lot of times before, is he just brings so much on himself. He does it himself. Yes. And because like he is like it or not, people were locked in yesterday because it was Bryson. They want to see him fail or they want to see him succeed. Like he draws eyeballs to the yeah, no, he's polarizing. Absolutely. He's very polarizing. And the whole thing of, Hey, he's a, he's bringing a new way to play golf of hitting at miles before the whole weight thing of his clubs are all one length. No one's ever done that before. He's, he's, he's hitting it far. He's always said, oh, I want to hit it farther. So he does, he does this, he brings this science or whatever. If you engineering background, fake, whatever, if it's the, I'm smart, ask me type of guy when I'm really not that smart, whatever it is, it's a new type of golfer and he's totally fascinating. And then I think if he, if he just would shut up some of the times people would like him, but he just cannot get out of his own way. And he's getting bad advice. As I said before, he's getting terrible advice from people around him of just like the whining and then and then just uh, just every just everything he just can literally not talk himself out of people not liking him yeah no that's the thing like he he tries to overcorrect and usually sometimes it just makes matters worse yeah and you said i didn't he i he didn't play a colonial this year i don't think i've ever seen him in person play maybe at the pga he was there maybe missed the cut i don't know but i don't think i've seen him in person since the, since he's been bounded, but you went out on the range and you saw him and you were like, this is amazing. This is like mesmerizing. No, I mean, it, it literally sounded like a, like a rocket yeah. launch every time he hit the ball. No, it was like, cause you're like, I mean, everyone's been to a range where you hit it For sure. and you know, it's like, Oh, that sounded pure or you're at the range and you hear somebody hit a ball and you turn around like, Holy shit, who just hit that ball? And you know, usually they're looking at me <laughs> and, uh, 
And so, you know, and it was, it's something like, it's something I'd never heard before. And uh, so, you know, like you said, it was, it was, you know, cool to watch, you know, somebody that's, it's cool to watch somebody do something you've never seen before. But then it, when, you know, the person that is doing that turns out to not be that easy to root for, then you're like, ah, okay. So, what? yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to see what, I mean, him on the Ryder Cup is going to be, Brooks said they'll squash it, obviously. I, I mean, but. The one guy that could be partners with with Bryson and that is that has come to like Bryson or is understands Bryson is a guy that got in a car accident in January and is not gonna be playing in the Ryder Cup at the end of this year. Yeah. So that's uh that's a problem. All right, let's get a little F one before little Earl Smith, J.R. Smith. Yesterday I was greatly disappointed. One of my favorite tracks, Belgium Spa. We all, as I've told you, Ryan, we all root for rain. We think the rain races are great. They bring chaos. They bring unexpected podiums, unexpected uh, points finishers, as we saw in Hungary. But when it just keeps on raining, that sucks to the point where they do two laps around the safety car so they just can get the official result. That was too much rain yesterday. That was disappointing. Far too much rain. Uh, like you said, we uh, we always like to see see a little bit of rain. It adds a little bit of spice, adds a little bit of juice to the races. But that was just, uh, yeah, that like you said, that was just too much. Kind of ruined the event. Sat around, sat around, sat around, uh, waiting for it to get rolling. And then did it you did. stay the whole time? No, I kept flipping okay. back and forth. But because uh, I was up, I was up pretty early. Um, you yeah. know, with with the kid, so just trying to find something to to put on in the background, I guess. And I was like, well, this, you know, I guess this isn't happening. So we flipped around, but yeah, it was a little disappointing because it's, yeah, been, it's been what three weeks since our last race. Well, no, that was the end of that was, this was the first race off the summer break. So I think four weeks or whatever, the end of Ju the end of July was the race, the last race. So yeah, about three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. This, yeah. They had the summer break and this was the first race in a six out of seven span. Um, we we do have a triple header though coming up, so we do get a race this weekend. Nice. Um, and then a one after that. But the thing about Spa is, as they were talking about on the broadcast, it's like if the track wasn't so fast, um, you would be able to race. Like I don't know if you saw any of qualifying, but qualifying on Saturday morning was absolutely incredible. George Russell gets second, beats out Hamilton and the Williams. Just unbelievable from George. Pretty much, I would say, seals the seat at Mercedes next year. Um, but unbelievable qualifying. And, like, it stopped enough where they were still, they were able to drive, and it was absolutely incredible. And that's what we were open for. But, you know what, sometimes, I don't think that's ever, I don't think that's ever happened before. I, I've seen videos, they were talking about Malaysia, I went back, or Fiji, I went back and watched that. That, the fact that they even started was amazing, because there was standing water everywhere. And again, I know... We want to see the racing, but it really was undrivable on the straights. The, yeah. the, the, what is it? The rooster tails or the mist off the tires was just, they couldn't see, they couldn't see a hundred meters in front of them. And plus the way Lewis Hamilton's been driving lately, I don't trust him when, when road, <laughs> I mean, he, he's already tried to kill a man while the track conditions were perfect. You get a little rain, not even a little bit, a lot of rain. And uh, there's no telling what he's, what he might try to pull. So I think it was for the betterment of the entire F1 community. Uh, yeah, so we'll go to, this is the Max Verstappen home race this, this weekend in, in the Netherlands and Holland. Is there only one country that you could call them three, three different types of names and people will know what country you're talking about? Uh, well, so here's the thing. I think you could call them three different names and people think they're three different countries. Okay, also that too, <laughs> but that's like the only one out there. Yeah. hundred percent. It's also like, I get. It's because you got the Netherlands, Holland, and the Dutch. Right. Um, those really don't. They're, the Venn diagram on those things is how do we get all three of those separately? Or like they're different stratospheres, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. It's the same thing on when they talk about euros or they talk about pounds and quid in England. Yeah, I I thought there was a difference, but it's literally the same. That's just England and Great Britain. There's there's no difference there, right? Well, there is, but there isn't. Then the United Kingdom. 
The United Kingdom oversees England, Wales, and Scotland. Okay. But those three are separate countries. Like, uh, those those are separate countries. But Great Britain and England, same but different. Same thing like Scotland and Great Britain, same but different. And Got same it. thing like Wales, same but different. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, no, it was disappointing. We got Max's. I don't remember the last time they've been in, in the Netherlands. But this track's kind of cool. One of the turns is like a little, there's some uh, uh, incline in it, like a NASCAR banking. You know, there's some banking on it. So uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool there. But uh, all right, J.R. Smith, he's been making a lot of news. We talked about him before. He was going to play golf at NCA&T. And now he's been approved by the NCAA last week. And the thing I love about J.R. Smith is he is now he's tweeting as he's tweeting through college, which I find very fascinating. Uh, just to see his mindset, and I see he's he's tweeting today. He's 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 one of his tweets was he's got to learn how to do a better job of taking notes, which I think everybody had to do at the beginning. Uh, which is this is everybody who's got a hard time figuring out what's important information and what isn't, and so he's got to figure that out. Uh, he said he's disappointed himself after his first week, but he was up early grinding uh, on East Coast time or West Coast time, getting assignments done and everything like that. I am all in. Uh, he says one bad week, he's not going to spoil his semester. I love what Jared Smith is doing. A lot of people are supported, supporting him, which is good to see. There also are the detractors of saying he's doing this for a little look at me, look at me, look at me. He's come on saying, no, I really want to learn. I really want to do better. And I did find this. He did retweet uh, Jenna Lane from ESPN. She covers the Bucks, And she said that this is good that we could see in the JR. He's tweeting through this and everything because we've all talked about like athletes when they're done. Her tweet pretty much is paraphrasing that. They've been the best at what they've done pretty much their whole life or they got to the pinnacle. And then when they retire at 36, they have to find something else to do or they have to find something and they don't know what to do. And Jr. is doing this, and he's not as good as it was. He was a basketball player, and he only knows being an elite, world-class athlete. And now he's trying to figure it out. And I think it's just a great perspective that uh, Jenna Lane shared, but also just like this is very cool what we're seeing. Yeah, no, and and some of the things like I said, there there are other detractors. There are you know, and, and kids are going to be kids, but. You know, we saw, I don't know if you saw last week, he's walking through the halls of, yep. of uh, A&T and, and somebody was like, oh, he's probably gone off the Henny or something like that, you know, because that's that's the joke everyone makes. Henny thing is possible. And he he jumped on there and was like, look, this is corny. Like, I get it. Like, it was funny at one point. Now it's kind of played out. But, you know, and he brought the, the you know, saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm just a black man trying to get a degree, trying to better himself. And y'all can't handle that. And y'all, you know, keep bringing this stuff up. It's really pushing me down. And so there's stuff like that. So, you know, if, if for him to take time out, and it was, it was a long paragraph. I was kind of paraphrasing there. It obviously means something to him. It obviously is, is not just like you said, he, he really wants to better himself. He wants to learn. He wants to get his degree. Uh, you know, there was another picture going around on the internet. Somebody, it was an online course and somebody took a picture of him on the screen. It was like, why is this man in my class? It's like, bro, just like everybody else there, you know, that's the, that's the crazy thing about college kids. And you learn this pretty quickly. Like when you go to college, like kids think it's just all 18 year olds going to college. It's not, you know, you're going to have the, the 45 year old, uh, guy that's, you know, going back to school and, and trying to get his degree for whatever reason, or the older lady that's going back to school, uh, you know, and, and wants to get a nursing degree or something like that, or, or a guy in the military that came back from his, from doing his service. And so he's 28 or 30 and he's finally getting his, his degree because the military is paying for it. So I think that's one of the biggest things too, is like, kids got to realize like, look, it's not just all 18 year olds that, that are going to college. There's you know, plethora and, and a wide range of, of ages and different types of people going. It just happens to be that J.R. Smith is, you know, a one of the more famous basketball players that we've seen, you know, of, of recent time, not necessarily for his basketball uh, playing abilities, but for kind of the extra stuff that, that goes along with it. And then B him going on to try to play the, for the golf team, added an extra layer to it and brought, you know, more eyes to it when that kind of became a story as well. So, you know, it's just, you know, I'm rooting for him. I think it's going to be great. I like to see what happens when he starts play golf with the, with the team and, and see if they can make a little run at uh, you know, whatever title it may be. I don't know if they're, if they're their division one, I know, but I don't know if they're, you know, if they can qualify for, for the national championship of golf, whatever it may be. But uh, I think it's a cool story. I think it'll be kind of fun to follow along. 
I think they could play in regionals, but the HBCUs have their own. Yeah, that's what I figured. They have the PGA Works, which is an HBCU championship. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so I went and looked up the uh, North Carolina A&T golf schedule last week to see, hey, you know what? Maybe they're playing a Dallas event. I'd go out and watch JR play a little bit of golf. I think it'd be pretty cool. They got four events in uh, the fall. The first is Friday, September 24th, and Saturday the 25th. That's in Georgia. They're playing pretty much in Georgia, North Carolina, or Maryland. Uh, so right now, and they only have two events scheduled in the spring. So we haven't really ventured out far. We'll see. Maybe they get in some better high-profile events. But yeah, no, the thing I was going to bring up, too, that you brought up was the uh, the Hennessy thing or whatever. It's just like, as we said with the Brooksy thing, that stuff is played out. Yeah. Like, why can't we not move on from these things, at least from J.R. Smith, is he's more of a man than that yeah it's funny as he said but if that is your image of jr smith then i think you're at fault as a person for not seeing the bigger or for letting your your thoughts on him evolve like yeah that's funny we all got our jokes off blah 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 but why can we not evolve our thoughts of people as, as he's grown as a person i think he would say that he was being he was acting immature early on in his NBA career, but he's evolved. He's a father now and everything like that. So why, why should our image of him just be whatever the, Hey, you want to lay the pipe DM or that's funny, but the Hennessy stuff, like we should be able to change that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, like you said, people are able to change. People are able to evolve. Uh, let's let this man do the same thing. Yeah. So there was, so you, we said the Hennessy kid, uh, did I ever tell you, so one of my friends from uh, Frisco High went to Brown when Emma Watson was there? No. Have I told you this story? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's kind of the same thing as J.R. Smith. So Emma Watson, obviously, from Harry Potter. And, like, she's in a class with Brown. She raises her hand in the class. She answers a question, and a kid pipes down from the back, or pipes up from the back and just yells, 20 points, Gryffindor. Whole class absolutely loses it it's a very funny joke and then what do you think happened in every other class you went into for the next two weeks exactly yeah and it's funny one time and i give that kid credit that's a very funny line but then it's like okay we can all stop this but uh it's kind of the same it's no that wasn't there wasn't a video or anything like that but it's the same thing um and a funny a funny thing to say but uh we'll 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 keep following jr on on twitter See what he's uh, going out there, and I'll look forward to the twenty fourth and twenty fifth to see what he uh, shoots at uh, at the at the tournament. Assuming he is playing again, credit to the NCA for letting him do this. Because also, like, all, how many minor league baseball players have gone back and played quarterback? Didn't Case wasn't Case Keenum a minor league baseball player? Uh, I don't or know. Not, he was, or is he just but, old. Yeah, I think he just he you know he he had like. He had a couple medical red shirts. That's why okay. he was able to stick around for like six years. Um, but yeah, you know, Brandon Whedon, yeah. um, uh, Danny Cannell was one of those guys. Or I think he went and played after. I think he played baseball after he played football, um, possibly. But uh, yeah, there's been there's been quite a few. Drew Henson, I think, was one of those. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's been there's been quite a few guys that 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 do that. And then obviously, like the uh, I guess it's I guess it's not the same. So I'll, I'll forget it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, t- plenty of guys go and play professional sports, then come back and uh, play amateur sports at a different level. So what about this? This is then, does this open up the, um, does this open up opportunities for, I saw this being thrown around on Twitter. What if LeBron retired today and said, I want to go play football at Ohio State with the NCAA allow it? What is different than what J.R. Smith is doing that LeBron would do? Uh, say, say these NBA players that never went to college um, or they still have eligibility left and they go to a different sport because the NCAA let baseball players go play football or you go play a different sport. JR played basketball, never played, never went to college. LeBron never went to college. Can he go play a different sport in the NFL? Or what if LeBron wants to take up golf? Are we going to let LeBron play golf in college or if he wants to play in the if college? What is, are they going to allow it? I don't, it's literally the same thing J.R. Smith has done. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And I don't, yeah, I don't see why, why they wouldn't allow that. Um, Cause like you said, yeah, plenty of guys have done it in the past. I think what really needs to happen is if these pro athletes want to start leaving, you know, or retire well, after they retire, go back to college and play a different sport. 
what they need to do is just go play handball so we can get back on the national map for handball. <laughs> I think it all comes back around to that. Yes, but could you imagine LeBron lining up a receiver in college at like 37? Yeah, that, yeah. that would be sick. Against some 19-year-old redshirt sophomore that, yeah, that would be that'd be wild, wildly insane. But then, like, what if he matches up against Derek Stingley from, like, LSU or, like, the equivalent of that guy, a five-star. Right. Going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. Not saying, like, LeBron would be, I would assume, would still be a first-round receiver. I don't know at this age. But, like, just imagine technique versus strength. And, like, I mean, LeBron was an all-state receiver in, in Ohio in high school. But that would be, like, unbelievable stuff. Yeah, that would be. Um, so I hope that, uh, I hope that can happen. All right. Do you have anything uh, else here before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, a couple things, um, Ohio related Ohio loses to Michigan in the little league world series championship. (laughs) Tough Michigan was good, man. They had, they like, they didn't do a whole lot, but they played defense and they had one kid that would, that just hit bombs. He had a mustache. Um, but are uh, we sure he's not Danny Almonte? I'm pretty sure they talked to his they talked to his uh, mom and she was like, look, he's had his mustache since he was 11 years old. Uh, it came in last year. He is 12. I swear he hasn't turned 13 until November. So they talked to him and or they talked to her about it. And she said that it, when it was coming in, he said, look, because I guess usually he shaves it. But he was like, I'm going to keep the mustache for intimidation factor. And I think it I think it really it really helped. Uh, but he like I said, he dropped absolute nukes. I think he led the the whole tournament in home runs, uh, which was which was cool to see. So Michigan, all, all, an entire Great Lakes region of uh, for the championship game. So shout out to y'all. But I guess Michigan prevails over Ohio once again. And then the other thing, I don't know if you saw this. This was wild. So obviously ESPN always does the high school football match matchups to to you know kind of get the season started. Usually they do national powerhouses from different states. Um, uh, you know they always do St. Thomas Aquinas out of Florida. They do you know IMG Academy always plays. Well, this is this has to do with the IMG Academy. They played a school that was uh, apparently from Ohio that was called Sycamore. Um, oh crap! Now I like Brecken Sycamore, something like that. I, I would. Uh, I wish they. I forget they. Uh, Sycamore Bishop, yeah, Sycamore Bishop, and they lose. 58 to zero or something like that. And come to find out this sick Bishop Sycamore school doesn't even exist. Really. It's like literally just a school for football. They only played six games last year. They told ESPN that they had numerous division one prospects on the roster. And when you go and look up their roster, their wins last year, they went Oh, and six and got outscored like 144 to 36 or something like that. Just absolutely got smacked. And so they just lied their entire uh about their entire existence and when you go search their school's website it's it looks like a blog post it's bishopsycamore.org and it's like a blog post uh so uh quite the wild story coming out of out of high school football the team that just made everything up to get on espn yeah i did see that how does espn not check them out before so they use or, or img not suss them out before so they uh, ESPN uses a marketing company to put these together, and the marketing company said that they, I guess, just slipped through the cracks and didn't do their due diligence, and uh, that's why. So it wasn't it wasn't technically ESPN because they, like I said, they hire out a different yeah. company, and uh, yet they they Bishop Sycamore was able to snake it to make it, and uh, now they're getting even more publicity, and so who knows? People might enroll in their fake school after all. I know that's pretty amazing. I saw that. That was pretty well. And credit to the announcers; they were calling it out right there on the spot. Yeah. Um, so they and they, and to, so they played yesterday on Sunday. Bishop Sycamore just played a game on Friday as well. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Um. All right. Last thing, I guess. Did you watch the Jake Paul thing last night? I did. I did. Okay. I did not watch it, but. Uh, he won. I guess it was pretty convincing win, but he got hit a couple times. I saw a video, but until he faces a boxer, I can he face a boxer next? Not uh, hey, he's a good striker in the UFC. He's a wrestler in the UFC. Uh, five nine, uh, washed NBA player. Like, can he face a like a low mid level boxer so we can just stop the debate? And I don't have any problems with Jake Paul. Like, he can get the money, whatever. It sounded like he should do every fight in Cleveland because the crowd was electric last night. But can he fight a boxer coming up next? 
Yeah, so that's you know that's kind of the the debate right now. Yeah, you know I wouldn't say it was super convincing fight that he won. I, I did think it was you know he 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 did win. Um, I wouldn't you're not getting any pushback from me. There are people that are saying though Tyrone Woodley got robbed. Now he didn't. He bopped him a couple times, and when he did bop him, uh, you know even the the announcer said. You know, a more experienced boxer would have gone in and finished up with a couple more lefts or rights or whatever, if, you know, put a different combination on him. But after he would hit him, I think maybe Tyron Woodley, because when he was in the UFC, you know, he put one punch on a guy and usually they're hitting the canvas. And that wasn't the case. There was one punch where he did bounce off the ropes. Jake Paul did. And um, those are the highest ropes I've ever seen. They They went up almost over his head. And uh, and so, you know, he was able to to be held up by the ropes. But so there was another guy, and I'm sure you know Tyson Fury. He's a he's one of the top heavyweights right now. I think he's one of the heavyweight champions of the world. He has yeah, a younger brother. brother. His brother fought uh, Tommy Fury, who is just drop dead gorgeous. I mean, that guy. I don't know why he wants to become a boxer because he is a handsome fella. Um, they were talking about him possibly fighting him, which he is again a guy similar to Logan Paul, of where he. The only difference is he's like an actual trained boxer, where that's what he does. But he's, I believe, six and zero now. He's had four knockouts. Um, but they they've said all his competitors, all the all the guys he's faced have been have been you know not up to the standards. Like he fought a guy that they literally pulled off the streets who kept calling him out. He was a former Bellator guy, and Jake Paul's like, all right, you know what? Come on my card. You can fight Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury's like six three. This guy's like five eight. Uh, so huge reach advantage. And so that were that was the other thing they were talking about. Okay, now maybe Tommy Fury and 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 Jake Paul fight, but I don't think that's something that Jake Paul wants. Like you said, I I, I don't go into it rooting for Jake Paul. I don't go into it rooting against him. I go in to just see what happens. You know, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Uh, and like you said, the, the sold out crowd. As much as the crowd is rooting for him and being in his hometown, there was also quite a bit opposing him as well. So that was that was interesting to see. But uh, it like I said, it's 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 again polarizing, kind of like we were talking about with Bryson. And I'm, I'm going to tune in probably every time just to kind of see what happens. And I saw Woodley wants a rematch. Correct. For his man, his man card, he cannot do it. He cannot get a tattoo and do a rematch. Like, I'm sorry. You, if you get the, if you get that tattoo for Jake Paul to do a rematch, you've lost, you lost already. You, you, you can't do it. You can't, you can't do it on those terms. See, I think. Because they made this this bet prior to the fight, so I think it's man card. If you welch on the bet, you got to hand over the man card. Well, okay, but didn't Jake Paul say you get the tattoo, we get a rematch? Correct. But you because just, because okay. because but like I said, they they made this the bet, bet like was a, beforehand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, guess. I, I think I think they both were like probably going. They, were, they both probably had an idea that the other one was going to back out of the yeah. bet. And so that's why Jake was like, look, if you get it, we'll do the rematch. And so that kind of like pit, well, you know, there held a tattoo it to artist like on site or whatever. Yeah, there was. But there's no way Jake Paul, if he would have lost, would have walked over there and got a tattoo anyways. Yeah, exactly. I don't think either. Yeah, of them as you said. Um, no, but so I sense I'm saying you can't take that bet. You can't do that. Get the tattoo and then get the rematch because going in, you both knew you probably weren't getting that tattoo. Right. That's the lines when I'm going on. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's fair. But all right. I think that wraps it up. We covered a lot. Yeah. Uh, we'll get some picks. Um, we'll get some picks out there on Thursday. College football is back. So uh, get excited. Team has this, this show hasn't lost. Uh, hasn't lost yet. Hasn't lost in 2021. No, we have not. Well, well, maybe 2021 we season, we probably yeah. lost in 2021. But Correct. 21-21 college games. But um, all right, we'll be back uh, Thursday. Talk to everyone then.